Hörer sie aus mich. Okay, 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 I'm smashing. Wanna put that red, white, blue up high, you know I'm flagging. Damn right, I'm breaking. I'm old fashioned. I just put my boots on, go to work, don't do no nagging. Don't shed a tear, don't never need a napkin. Smashing. I'm a cowboy, son of a gun. Get up early with the sun. If I got a job to do, I'm gonna get straight to it, I'm getting her done. Thank God every day I wake up straight up, tell him he the one. And he call me home today, take care of my pop, my brother, my son. This cloth I'm cut from really rare fabric. I don't wear out west of streets, you dripped it with the fashion. I don't wear my neck, my wrist, when I'm something on stage. And don't get it twisted, these boots here made for action. More fashion. So I'm Tabby Smiley, glad to have you along with us today in our final hour. In this hour, a conversation with the co-founder of the Compton Cowboys, Randy Savvy. Straight out of Richland Farms in Compton, California, Randy Savvy grew up as an equestrian with a thing for cowboy hats. He's wearing one right now. <laughs> Country and rap music. You hear the sound of that? Turn that up, Miles. Country and rap. These days, he's the king of what's called street country. Street country. We'll talk about street country. His collaboration with Dr. Dre. And I ended up opening the 2022 Academy Awards show. And if I know Randy, we'll also talk about combating stereotypes and inspiring self-sufficiency in the black community. I am pleased to welcome in studio Randy Savvy. Randy, how you living? I'm well, man. I'm up. I'm on the hustle, man. It's a pleasure go. to be here. We in L.A. and uh, it's a good day, man. You it's know. good to have you uh, in L.A. And as, as Cube said, it's a good day. I ain't had to use my AK. Hey, right. At, at least not yet. <laughs> not yet. Not yet. Not yet. <laughs> uh, but, but I'm glad to have you in, though. Um, so I, I want to give the audience a, a, a little taste of, of your sound. Uh, as uh, as I as I mentioned, it's called Street Country. So so tell me about the sound. Tell me about the the collab, and then we'll we'll, we'll jump from there. Yeah, man, street country is my thing. Uh, I grew up, my dad was a big fan of gangster rap. You mm -hmm. know, I'm an early 90s kid. I remember riding to work with my dad. He used to be bumping all the N.W.A., Tupac, and Snoop Dogg and everything. But funny enough, also being a cowboy as a kid, a lot of times, you know, when we got to, the, whether we was on our way to the rodeo or some sort of trail ride or whatever, when we got to those places, it was always country music playing. Mm -hmm. So it was Alan Jackson, Reba McIntyre, all this. So that was the two genres I really grew up listening to was straight up gangster rap and then straight up country music. And it's funny two, that two, two things, two things at least at, at at first glance, and you can unpack this for me. At first glance or at first thought, you couldn't, I couldn't at least think of two things that seemed to be more disparate. Right, right. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Yeah. And I talk about that a lot. How how those are seemingly distant worlds, but when you really break it down and get into it, they both have the same core ethos, which mm. is just about like being proud of where you're from, not taking no crap from nobody, mm -hmm. um, just having just just being a human being and wanting what's right for you and your life and your people. So uh, yeah, just grew up on both of those. And as I grew into my passion for music as an adult, I started figuring, trying to figure out how I could put those worlds together. And so that's how Street Country came about. And uh, we rocking now. You yeah, you rocking it. Um, yeah. It's one of the things I thought you were going to say about the parallels between country and and rap, even gangster rap, is the notion of storytelling. Absolutely, the thing yeah. that makes country music work for those who don't get it. I grew up in Indiana, so I've I've got some of this in my background as well. When you listen to country music, what turns those persons on who love it? is the storytelling nature of it. Ray Charles talks about that in the movie Ray that we've all seen, starring you know Jamie Foxx. He talks about how he loved the storytelling 
of country music, and Ray dabbled in that. Ray, Ray Charles did everything, of course, but he did country music as well. So talk, talk to me about the storytelling that one hears in gangster rap and one hears in, in country music. Well, you hit it right on the head. Uh, that's actually the, one of the main um, themes of what street country is, mm-hmm. is because the the, con- the stories that come out of the, the rap music, at least at, at the traditional stuff in country music, is stuff that stuff that's relatable to the everyday person that's going through anything. And I, those are the two things that I always remember that were so profound about listening to both genres. Was like, man, they 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 give you a real they give you goosebumps or they give you a real heartfelt emotion is because mm-hmm. they're telling some sort of story you know rap was all about the struggle you know mm-hmm. what i mean rap was all about like trying to find our way in this country and, and find our way as black people and telling our stories of strife and trial and tribulation in the streets and mm-hmm. that's where the street part of street country comes from mm-hmm. the country part is just about the, the the values of you know love life the land god family and community and so to me those all those things combined is where street country comes from but yes it's, it's always about the story and i feel like that's so important and what is lacking in the music today mm-hmm. uh in, in main especially in the mainstream and popular culture is like we're losing that stories uh, that storytelling capacity so i'm really trying to focus on that and bring that back yeah i have a number of friends two of them come to mind let me just shout them out um uh i think of glenn turman the great actor glenn shout turman OG glenn there That's you go OG. you know yep. glenn you're great 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 black cowboy absolutely uh, i think of my friend mike mann who's the the chief engineer at the station that stevie wonder owns in los angeles kjlh steve uh, mike mann a great black cowboy sings and uh, does all kind of performances so these guys are friends of mine and so over the course of my career i've had any number of conversations with them about black cowboys and of course as you know there there, there were so many black cowboys back in the day that we don't know anything about uh, we don't see movies about them. We don't see books written about them. But there were, just like there were a bunch of white cowboys, there were a bunch of black cowboys. And when we come forward, I want to talk to Randy Savvy about in real time growing up as a black cowboy. As I mentioned, he grew up as a as an equestrian uh, in uh, in Compton, uh, straight out of Richland Farms. And so he's the, the co-founder of the Compton Cowboys. We'll talk about that, his equestrian life, and then get back to the music, his collaboration with Dr. Dre, how he ended up opening up the 2022 Academy Awards show. A lot to talk about as we talk about street country with Randy Savvy on Tavis Smiley. For all the freedom-loving folk, this is Tavis Smiley. I feel like More honesty than you can handle. More empowerment than you can imagine. You're tuned in to Tavis Smiley. Smiley. Our co-founder, uh, our guest, I should say, in this hour, is the co-founder of the, the Compton Cowboys, Randy Savvy, straight out of Richland Farms in Compton, California. He grew up as an equestrian, and uh, I am delighted to have Randy Savvy in studio with us uh, in this hour. We were talking in the break about a few things I want to just reprise. Sometimes the best part of the show is in the breaks, and it shouldn't be that way. <laughs> but So you gotta, got to gotta bring it back around. But we were, we were talking uh, in, in the break, and I, I, again, I want to come to this right now, uh, about, for, for starters, growing up as uh, as a black cowboy. Just Just tell me what's it like. When you're in Compton and everybody's, again, listening to rap and gangster rap and you doing your cowboy thing. Like, what's that like? Man, it was it's so funny because our neighborhood is in Compton. It's not on the outskirts. Mm-hmm. So we still got the street stuff going on all around us and uh, in the neighborhood. And it's funny because you would think that, like, when you have the horses and you're out and about that, you know, there would be some sort of, like, street 
energy that's like yo like almost like what y'all doing here or where y'all mm -hmm. from or whatever mm -hmm. but man you get out on them horses and you'll see the hardest toughest dudes <laughs> in the streets ever like they just melt like little kids when they see the horses yeah. they be like oh man like you know whatever hey little homie let me uh what's up with that horse and that's the special the special quality of a horse is like mm -hmm. it's it's so such a magical majestic being that it'll light up anybody from the youngest to the oldest from the toughest to the softest and then that's that's the the energy that we bring in that the horses bring to the inner city which is so so important and so much a part of our mission is like bringing that positive vibe that love to the community that needs it so much mm -hmm. um what have you loved all these years i, I assume you still love it because you still do it T tell me about your relationship with horses and, and why you love these animals so much horses are my therapy like mm -hmm. they give me a constant reminder of how life sh could and should be so simple and how we as human beings we complicate mm. our lives and then that leads to a lot of you know issues when it comes to our mental wellness or the way that we move about whether you're talking about raising the family working life friendships and stuff it's like we end up wanting so much and then we end up being so tripped out about how we can't get it or whatever whatever but really when you just around horses even just horse watching is interesting because sometimes i just sit in the backyard and i just watch my horses mm -hmm. they don't want nothing bro they, mm -hmm. they stand in the sun then they move to the shade they lay down then they get up they drink some water eat some hay then they just stand there and chill mm -hmm. and that's beautiful <laughs> like it's, it's it's reminding me of like they're not sitting here like hey yo what's up with this other thing or what's mm -hmm. up with the other thing oh man i can't get it let me out they ain't doing none of that they just mm -hmm. existing right and uh, that's a constant reminder for me about you know like when life gets complicated just think about that like i'm complicating it you don't really mm -hmm. have to be all that and then that's how that's that's how we move and that's how we how we spread that energy to our community and our kids that's deep and rich i didn't see that coming but that was a powerful response and yeah. I, i'm glad you shared it um so to your horses how many horses do you own now we had 25 around now and yeah. we always fluctuate in between 20 and 30 at this point now um yes yeah, it's, it's heavyweight lifting but you know that's our family yeah we were talking earlier um about the fact that <clears throat> certainly on the on the equestrian side on the equestrian front one of the reasons um, why we, I suspect, we don't see more African-Americans, and, and I know a couple over the course of my career, I've met, known a couple, Bob Johnson, who founded BT, his daughter, um, for years. I assume she's still in it, but she was in the equestrian world. Um, but at that level of being an equestrian, it is an expensive sport. And I suspect that's one of the reasons why we don't see more black folk in in in, in, in that uh uh, in that competition is that is that your assessment as well absolutely the yeah. financial barrier to entry is so steep that most people most of our people can't really tackle it um mm -hmm. and it's not it's it's a lot of a lot of wealth and a lot of individual wealth as, as opposed to like collective wealth right so mm -hmm. it's like just a lot of wealthy families and individuals that are because it's a one-on-one -on -one sport it's not really mm -hmm. not very much so a team sport you know the teams come together for like the olympics and stuff but for the most part it's like one person who has a horse or a set of horses and they out there doing it and those horses range i mean you're talking about high-end horses the same thing as high-end cars i mean you can find horses anywhere from 100k to a million dollars to get the horses that are at the level that can really compete at a national high level mm -hmm. so uh yeah we just and, and that's the 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 thing that we're attacking with our organization is like bringing community together to kind of like to, to, to go around some of that financial barrier to enter because sometimes it's like okay we don't have the money but we got enough people that can collectively mm -hmm. one person got a truck one person got a trailer one person got you know some entry money one person got this and so collectively we can attack that and get our give our kids a chance and one of our students is actually on the Olympic path right now mm. she was top three in the nation when she went to nationals a couple years back and um, she's got Olympic trainers uh, working with her and mentors and the Olympic bodies and the, uh, all of them are all like watching what we're doing with her out of, so, com out of Compton out of Compton yep wow. starting 
Compton. Her name is uh, Zoe Brogdon, and mm-hmm. uh, she's you're gonna look out for her. She's gonna be like the Simone Bells of like the horseback mm-hmm. riding. Yeah, mm-hmm. for real. So I, I it was some years ago now, but I remember my very first trip to the Kentucky Derby. Yeah, I, I'd been invited a couple times. Like, man, I don't want to go to. A, I don't want to go to no horse race. Yeah. And I finally accepted one year and went to the Kentucky Derby. And when I tell you that thing was, it was fascinating it um, is. to see those horses and to just watch them, uh, to watch them do their thing and to get up close to them is, yes. is pretty amazing. Uh, I didn't grow up around horses, but when I first went to the Derby, I was just completely blown away about it. And there were a lot of black folk who were there as well. Yes. Yeah. So people don't even re- know, like the first jockey to get inducted into the, like the jockey hall of fame was black, mm-hmm. you know, and like there are so many important black figures over many of decades and centuries that have contributed to the equestrian way of life that, you know, because of all the the, the things that we all know, uh, they don't mm-hmm. get the, that credit. And that's mm-hmm. been true across various industries and spaces. But it's a big, profound black community and presence within the equestrian. We're talking about horse racing, horse jumping, rodeo, uh, just horse care and horse keeping. Uh, there's a lot of us out there. Yeah. Uh, I'm working my way toward Dr. Dre and the Academy Awards. I'll get there in a few minutes here. I'm glad I got this hour. But let me let me let me just back up for a second and ask you to tell me about Compton Cowboys. Yeah, Compton Cowboys is it's a, that's my that's my clique. That's the gang, quote unquote. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I I use the term gang intentionally because I'm trying to redefine what that means mm-hmm. in our city. You know, mm-hmm. what I mean, people associate gangs with negative energy, violence, crime, drugs, or whatever. But a gang could just be people that are like minded that are on a mission to, to accomplish something real and righteous in the community. And so I'm intentionally using that word. But yeah, that's my me and my homies. We grew up together riding in the Compton Junior Posse. My auntie shout out, shout out my auntie Maisha Akbar back in 1988. She established our ranch and our mm-hmm. a, a organization called the Compton Junior Posse. And her thing was to use these horses to give ch- ch- uh, kids a chance. And we, we, we grew up like that. We used to go to all the little amateur, all the rodeos, all the events and win all the trophies. We, even when we had our little raggedy trucks, raggedy trailers, whatever. <laughs> uh, and we were some little hoodlums, you know what I mean? But she kept us, she kept us in line, make sure we was dressed to the tees and, and had the proper horsemanship and equestrian skills to go win. And we did that. And that ended up being the difference between us being in the streets is that we mm-hmm. we had something to look forward to and something that was organized enough for us to participate that had just as much thrill in it as the allure of the streets mm-hmm. right like the horses was exciting the rodeo was exciting because it's rowdy mm-hmm. you running on horses full speed you halfway falling off you're trying to put somebody up on there you running around the barrels and you testing your might and your skill that was exciting enough to keep us on that side whether you know instead of being in the streets and that ended up being a difference between life and death for mm-hmm. us and a lot of our homies and friends and family who didn't get involved mm-hmm. with the horses, they're not really here today. Yeah. Um, and so now we're just paying it forward to the new generation, keeping it fresh, keeping it live, making it cool and appealing to the kids that's on social media, right? Because mm-hmm. we got to meet the kids where they at. And for us, it's like we're not going to go out there and preach a story of like, hey, get your life right, be a cowboy. And we're like, no, nah, we're just going to show y'all how cool it is to be cowboys. You know, mm-hmm. we're going to look cool. We're going to dress cool. We're going to be popping on social media, have great videos and this and that and make the kids go, wow, I want to be like them. And our thing is like, okay, if you want to be like us, these are the, this is how you do it. You got to take care of yourself, take care of your family, be involved in your community, mm-hmm. show love, get be, get your grades together, be want to be somebody, and share and, and those positive values. And that's how we that's how we moving. What's it like? Just, so set the stage for me. Give me an illustration here. What's it like when you're going to any sort of equestrian competition? Uh, you and your you and your Compton Cowboys crew, and y'all walk in 
and amongst all these white folk, <laughs> <laughs> you, you see where I'm going, right? Yeah. So, like, so what's that like when y'all when y'all when y'all pull up? Oh man, it's it's the craziest <laughs> thing, dude. It's like, and I've been it's been like this since we was kids, so we accustomed so accustomed to it right now. But and we intentionally like our whole aesthetic is like being in all black because it's like black for the people. It's mm-hmm. like you know what I mean. And uh, so we dressed in all black. We pulling up our trucks and trailers all black. We got the horses, and soon as we pull up anywhere, man, we intentional. We got our music blasting. We <laughs> We Compton, we Compton to the core, but Compton Cowboys, right? So we pull out, we got our cowboy hat topping out, and people just, I mean, break their neck. We looking like, who are these dudes? Like, what? But at the same time, it's like, dang, they look interesting. Because, like, you know, we're coordinated, color coordinated. Mm-hmm. We got the proper trucks and trailers. They got the coordinate. Yeah, coordinate. everything is proper. Everything is up to the up to par. So it's not like we really don't look like, we look like outsiders because mm-hmm. of our blackness and our and our coordination, mm-hmm. obviously. But then they, then they quickly have to realize, like, wait, but they do something. Because that truck and that trailer ain't just no raggedy. Like, this is, these dudes really do this. You know, mm-hmm. they see us getting our tack on and see us, our students. So it's just a whole profound, it's, it's like a whole phenomenon when we pull up and we quickly change people's perspectives. That's the that's the most exciting part about it is yeah. that initial perception versus once we interact and once they see what we do is light years apart. Right? Mm-hmm. They look at us like almost like who are these thugs? Mm-hmm. And then we really show out. We really ride these horses. We really win. We really do well. We articulate ourselves. We speak proper and we do our thing. Then by the end of that, they're like, man, I love y'all. I love what y'all doing. Keep yeah. going. You know what I mean? And that's what we're trying to bring to this nation is like. Just communication and getting through the visual and getting to like really connecting with people and showing love in that way. Everything that black folk do, we bring a certain style and flair to it. I don't care what it is that we touch. We bring our own style, our own flair. And it makes everybody back up when they see how we do right. what they do. Right. But we do it differently. And let's be clear, we do it better. Right. Uh, <laughs> right. And so I don't care if that's fashion. Right. I don't care if it's music. We were talking about uh, uh, Fashion Week uh, the other day and, and modeling. When black women finally got on the runway, the way women, can't, can't anybody walk a runway like a black woman right, walking a sure, runway, 100%. right? So when we do stuff, we bring a certain style, a certain flair to it. Describe, define for me what that's like with black folk and what you do and how, and how y'all just do it differently than all the good white folk. Yeah, man. I think it's just like, you know, uh, the the way we grow up, and our music and our culture and our lifestyle is like we just an energetic people you know mm-hmm. what i mean this goes back to you know tribes and this goes back to like the the native folks of like africa and like just the way that the the, the culture and our energy just flows you know what i mean and so we just bringing that we try to stay true to who we are mm-hmm. and what we bring to this space is like we're not going to assimilate or accommodate other people's comfort you know what i mean to make just to make sure we try to fit in no we're going to show up as ourselves every time so whether that's talking about like oh yeah i'm gonna wear the cowboy hat but i'm gonna throw these shades on and put my necklace on too you know what i'm saying or yeah i'm gonna I'm pull up with my truck but i'm gonna have 12s knocking in my speakers and we're gonna be bumping this music you know what i mean or i'm gonna wear the cowboy jeans but i might have a little bit of you know I'm, i might cut them a little different i'm gonna wear the boots but i'm gonna shine them up mm-hmm. whatever it is like you said we're gonna bring that extra flair to it and i think I, and you know it, it's actually been very well received which was which has been a beautiful thing i, I must say you know um in that world is very white very elitist for the most part and um, you know, you would expect some hardcore racism or some hardcore pushback for what we do. But I think that 
that's the, the the special quality of like how the horse connects people and that's what our mission really is is mm. to bring humans and horses together for the greater good and the horse is that x factor and once people see that you actually got a love for the horse it like it transcends all of those cultural and, and social boundaries and we, now we all become a family on it so mm. we've been very well received and i'm excited about that but you know we're gonna bring the swag every yeah. time have you seen ways uh, let me let you just brag for a second here are there ways in which you can see um the impact of your participation as Compton Cowboys, changing the sport, changing the game, impacting the competition. Cause I mean, cause I mean, you, you, you do this, everybody's watching you cause you're uniquely different. Right. But are there ways in which you can see your presence sort of, sort of a uh, changing thing? Oh yeah, absolutely. I can see it changing in so many ways just from a, just, just from a purely aesthetic standpoint, like mm-hmm. you starting to see, equestrians and 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 people that are involved in western and farming like kind of break away from the traditional flannel shirt jeans oh, boots yeah. but you're starting to see more Fashion. like hoodies <laughs> you're starting to see more slides and yeah. people being like okay it's cool to, you ain't got to ride your horse in a saddle or or that kind of thing um you're starting to also see a difference in the way the horses are treated because a lot of what i've recognized in the horse space is like there's this whole way of training a horse and dealing with a horse where you're like basically trying to force the horse into submission Mm. and that's just like you know something that the way we brought up we were brought up was like it's all about the cooperation and the team what the horse is your 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 counterpart so it's about a love and the asking of the horse to do whatever you're asking of Mm. it to do instead of telling it what to Mm do and that's just a whole approach to horsemanship that i see like okay i'm starting to see people really starting to adopt it's like not being like oh yeah yeah whipping and all that it's more of like you know like for example when people ride there's this whole common thing of like kicking the horse to make it go we don't kick the horse. We do a light squeeze. And it's mm. like, okay, the, we're asking the horse to go ask the horse to be like, giddy up horse, right? right. And uh, and all those kind of things. So we definitely have an, a, an approach to uh, a change to the to the industry, uh, industry-wide. We're seeing like a lot of little small, subtle things change uh, in acceptance-wise. I've never thought about that way, although I've, heard, I've used the phrase many times. I've had to to tell people uh, to make a point. Uh, don't confuse the jockey and the horse, Negro. Right, right, do not, right. Do not <laughs> confuse. I've used that line many times in my career. Don't get it twisted don't confuse the jockey and the horse uh i'll leave that alone but 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 i want to come back to the point you made a moment ago which is what you see different in the way the horse responds when you work with it when you when you ask it rather than try to beat it into submission right exactly yeah what what, what, how does how does the horse respond differently with with your approach it's definitely a more appreciative uh it's more of a loving relationship and the horse i mean as a horse when you are a horse person you can tell when your horse is excited to see you and excited to do whatever y'all doing versus, oh, I'm just obeying commands. Oh, here, here, here he coming. You know what I mean? Yeah, you know what I mean? Because, like, you'll see if you go to a lot of these businesses and a lot of these ranches where it's just, like, whether you're talking about the horses that are for the Hollywood production movies or the horses that are for, like, these trail riding businesses where you can pull up and pay some money on a ride, mm-hmm. those horses, the energy, you can see it. Like, they kind of look like beat. You know what I mean? Yeah. They look kind of tired and beat. But people always comment when they come to our ranch wow, y'all horses are so calm and healthy. They just look like full of love. They're excited. When people walk up, they come up to you and want to see what you're doing. And mm-hmm. they're not just standing off in the distance like, oh, my God, here come another human. <laughs> you know what I mean? And and, and that's, the, that's the way that we, we treat our horses, and yeah. it's, it definitely shows. His name is Randy Savvy. He's the co-founder of the Compton Cowboys, straight out of Richland Farms in Compton, California. 
uh, loves cowboy hats, loves country and rap music. When we come forward, we'll get uh, back to this conversation about street country. His collaboration with Dr. Dre and how he ended up opening the 2022 Academy Awards. I guest on Tavis Smiley right now is Randy Savage. From the Merc Park with love, love, this love. is Tavis Smiley. Helping to Helping make, to make you, you the most knowledgeable person in your circle of friends. This is Tavis Smiley. Our guest is Randy Savvy. He's the co-founder of the Compton Cowboys, uh, and they are doing their work to, uh, to combat stereotypes and inspire self-sufficiency uh, with these young black folk in Compton. Speaking of Compton, I could have started our conversation here, but let me just do it now. Um, and you sort of kind of tiptoed around this earlier, Randy, and that is, uh, all across the nation, this this program is you know nationally syndicated, so people are hearing us across the country. And um, when people across the country hear the word, the name Compton, there's an automatic image that that pops up. Um, what say you about what they think of when they think of Compton? Yeah, so Compton is basically synonymous with gangsters, mm-hmm. like you know, and unfor- it's just an unfortunate reality because. NWA's whole mission was totally misrepresented by the powers that be in the media and they spun it to be all about like you know anti-establishment like anarchy and this and this and that but really it was about just fighting for your rights and and representing where you come from and wanting people to do the right thing you know I mean F the police was not an anarchist song it was Mm -hmm. about rights you know i mean civil rights so anyway but to this day uh people still think compton is is all about gangsterism you know what i mean they think about drugs gangs crime violence immediately off the rip so like you tell somebody you from compton they go oh my god how'd you survive or mm-hmm. if i come the one thing i always hear is oh man if i come visit you guys uh, what well, should i wear the right colors or am i gonna get shot or i'm just like you know i don't get frustrated anymore i'm just like no you know compton is actually a beautiful community place mm-hmm. uh every Every major city you go to has its pockets, its pockets of yeah. like the hood or whatever. Sure. But the Richland Farms is a very special place because it's, it's it's a farmland. You know, we were this is the original Compton. Compton was started as Richland Farms. Mm-hmm. GD Compton deeded Richland Farms to remain an agricultural zone into perpetuity from 1888. So now even 2023 today, still farm town. In, and, in, in the middle of the city. Yes. You see horses and llamas and goats and things. If yeah. you stand on Laundry Boulevard and you just look south let's watch south facing south you will see horse like right uh, at compton high school in the laundry you mm-hmm. will see people on horses riding by compton mm-hmm. high school because mm-hmm. the richmond farms is right there mm-hmm. uh it's still a special place today so what we're trying to do now is like redefine what compton means on the world stage it's like we want compton we want people to hear, hear compton and think oh my goodness community you know cowboys to mm-hmm. lend farmers love and, and light and, and swag you know what i mean so that's what we're working at every day and it's working mm-hmm. i mean i'm you hear it now like we, we we wear our stuff we go all I, I was all over the nation last year and uh i go to a lot of bunch of different cities for different things and they see compton cowboys and they get excited they go mm-hmm. oh my god i love you guys compton like, i can't wait to come there as opposed to being like oh man compton like oh I, I, i'm gonna i'm gonna go there well mm-hmm. you know it's, it's a whole different image now uh, that we're working on and we just going that's our life that's my life work is to continue to do that yeah. Yeah, there, there are a few things more more uh, disturbing and uh, disappointing than to walk into a space and have people judge you based on where you're from the moment you walk in the room, on, on what they think of where you're from. Yeah, and uh, on some level, the the the, the streets and that there's a very Compton energy that is pretty like 
normal and standard for anybody from Compton. We do have a toughness to us, mm-hmm. a grit to us, sure, a, sure, a, a, sure. A, a pride to us. Mm-hmm. And people from Compton can always tell when somebody's from Compton because they got that got it in their voice and they got it in their swag. And so we we adopt that. We we proud of that. You know what I'm saying? Because that's what that was the whole intention for me to put. Hey, New, New York <laughs> New Yorkers are proud of it. <laughs> right. I, I can tell them. <laughs> so sure. why shouldn't y'all be? <laughs> exactly. And that was the whole intention with putting Compton before the Cowboys. It's Compton Cowboys, right? Mm-hmm. That Compton come first, and then it's the Cowboys. Yeah. 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 All right, let me let me let me let me pivot. I'm watching my time here. I got a few more things to cover with you in this hour, Randy Savage. I'm glad to have you in the studio. Thanks again for coming to see us. Um, let me shift to the music. We started talking about uh, a street country. Uh, what we haven't gotten to is your collaboration with Dr. Dre. So talk to me about that part, as we say. Yeah, so during George Floyd, uh, that whole phenomenon, man, Black Lives Matter really heated up, and uh, I had actually a song in my back pocket that I hadn't released yet that I was inspired to release in the in the midst of all that called Colorblind, and it was a song about how the trauma of the streets kind of represents itself in different colors, and how I wish, like, man, you know, this, 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 it goes. Sometimes I wish I was colorblind because those colors bring me down, right? So you're mm-hmm. talking to where you're talking about the the yellow tape uh, mm-hmm. on the crime scene, the white chalk on the ground when they chalk bodies out the red mm. blood that gets spilled that's the red, deep that's deep the that's red deep. and blue lights of the police cars and gang flags the green money that we all fight over the black pavement that we all fight over and uh and so i you know i had that in my back pocket and i was in the midst of trying to figure out how to get that out and then randomly i'm talking about randomly like got a call from dr dre like this is like some divine intervention mm. he's like man i love Compton cowboys i've been hearing about y'all i've been wanting to get with y'all how can i help you i was like man you know all this other stuff i was like i do have music as well and he was like let me hear it he heard it he hit me back like bro this is the joint right here like come to the studio <laughs> so i went to the studio man and he helped me within like you know I, at first it was just like a singer songwriter very stripped down guitar and some and, and, and you know some vocals or whatever but his team they turned it into like this brilliant work of art like very complex but very like artistic thing within a matter of like an hour and uh, he was like, yo, if you really want to do this music thing, you really have a, op- uh, a shot because you really have so much potential in this song. It's really it. So we put that out. The the Recording Academy acknowledged it, and they enshrined it in the, in the museum. And I got to do a whole showcase about that whole thing. And, and that's what got me going into my you know into my career. The street country uh, energy kind of evolved from that. So shout out to Dr. Dre, man. And I, love, and I love what he's doing. I love what he's doing in the city of Compton, I'm putting money into Compton High School. And he's really Compton's very own, you yeah. know, very proud. What what just give me a sense of what it's like being in studio with him. Well, um, so much has been written about Dr. Dre, um, and the one thing that is undeniable is that he knows what he's doing in a studio. He knows his way around a studio as a producer. Everybody acknowledges that. What was that experience like working with Dre in studio? Dr. Dre is definitely a music a music's person. Like he's a real passionate. Like he, he still loves music as much as he always did. Mm-hmm. Like you would imagine by this time in his career, he got so much going on. Like the music would kind of be like a backseat thing mm-hmm. to like big business ventures and community stuff. But man, he like a kid in there still. You know, he like mm-hmm. a kid in the candy store in there. Man, he he loved melodies and sounds and 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 technical perfection and all that. And so he's all about getting it right. But he still really much enjoys the process. And that's what I appreciated the most was like his joy for the process, but also his perfectionism. And that's how he gets you get brilliant music out him every time he has a great team obviously his studio is state-of-the-art so you're working in like world-class space mm-hmm. and it's just it's just amazing vibes all the way around and that's why he's able to do what he does it's one thing to grow up loving gangster rap and loving country it's another thing to know that you were gifted uh in that space that you could be an artist yourself when did you realize that part oh man that's a great question i thought i think i realized it early on um 
when I was in college, I started kind of make messing around making beats, and then I, I couldn't find enough people to, to to rap on my beats, so I started mm-hmm. rapping on my beats, and I remember doing my first recording and listening to it back, and I was talking, I sent it to one of my homies, AD, who's also a Compton rep, and he was like, bro, you know, and a few other people around me, they was like, bro, you actually could rap, like, you actually could do this, so I was like, dang, I, I really can, so, and it's also just being a college kid and always being in school, like, my understanding of vocabulary and all these grammar tech uh, techniques and stuff, I was like, man, I could really do this, so I think I noticed it early on, it's just been about now just kind of harnessing it down into a particular sound and vibe that I want to present to the world, which I'm still trying to figure out, I'm still trying to get, like, bring the best of what street music has to offer and the best of what country music has to offer into the same pot right and then that's been an experiment because again you talked about earlier the seemingly distant worlds of Mm -hmm. hip-hop and country they are far apart from each other you know hip-hop and west coast gangster rap is based in la and then you know the country is based in nashville so i'm back and forth uh, all year round trying to get everybody to work together but it's coming together man i'm super excited about some stuff i got going on i really have some opportunities to make some stuff happen and um people are people are recognizing it when we come forward we'll talk about the journey uh, of, of randy savvy from compton to the academy award stage you're listening to have a smiley Unapologetically progressive, progressive. unapologetically blind. You're tapped into Tavis Smiley. May Fresh Daily in the Mert Park, Los Angeles, California. You're listening to Tavis Smiley. So we talked about your collaboration with Dr. Dre, Randy Savvy. Tell me about this uh, Academy Awards moment, though, that you had. Yeah, so last year, man, I was just chilling one day, and I got a DM from um, uh, Beyonce's publicist saying that she didn't reveal what it was at the time she just was like hey i got this really big moment for a really big star to open the academy awards um and if you guys were specifically requested to help handle and produce the moment like would you be interested i'm like yes we dived into it next thing you know i'm pulling up we're doing all the whole thing filming i put my students i had to find a horse find some kids that could ride in this moment and it was in compton for the um they were highlighting the movie about serena and venus williams that's right um they were making paying a special tribute to that and so it was in compton and so they wanted the Compton cowboys to kind of help usher in you know beyonce is from houston so there's mm-hmm. always a whole equestrian and, and cowboy kind of thing going on so i did this whole thing got the horrors got some students i watched it they filmed this whole thing in compton and next thing you know it was like yeah this is for beyonce <laughs> for the oscars <laughs> and i was like are you kidding me so it ended up being the the, the, the opening moment of the oscars of last year that's right. the academy was my students walking down the street through compton one of them was on a horse that i was my pe- my friend's horse mm-hmm. that i sourced and produced so this whole moment and i'm sitting there like bro i just produced a moment for beyonce and the academy awards <laughs> like wow and then they obviously beyond the moment like they made sure they were involved they donated back to the organization they helped cover like feed for a quarter like it was a whole beautiful situation mm. and then uh that was just one of the moments where i was like man this is what i'm doing is it's really it's really like on a higher purpose and it's really making a difference well, that's a special story man i'm so glad i gave you a chance you yeah. had the chance to share share that with us um tell me about, tell me about your dad right quick because you you were telling me again some of the times the best part of this conversation happens when we're sitting here during these breaks but i didn't know this about your father tell me about your dad right quick so yeah so my pops is who is shout out to my dad lewis hook he's actually my business manager right now for compton cowboys but he's actually uh, a harvard mba and him and my aunt were the first two that actually came down to compton to start this kind of like our movement in 1988 and start our ranch mm-hmm. and all this stuff but my dad man you know he's like early 80s class of you know like think 82 at harvard 
And, uh, and you know, when he was done, my dad's from the projects in Harbor City, man. Boy pulled himself up, grew up, single mom, pops, you know, all gone and, and just like out in the, out in the world. And he pulled himself up, got to Occidental College and then got to Harvard. And then after Harvard, he was like, man, I'm going back to the hood where the kids need a role model because he grew up without no pops and he realized how much that affected his life and those around him. So he chose to go to college. He chose while all his other homies that was, Coming out of Harvard, black men, you know, it's only like maybe sure. a handful yeah, of them at the time, men, probably yeah. five, right? Yeah. They all, you know, and shout out to them. You know, you can't knock people that want to live a better life and safer neighborhoods, better schools or whatever. You know, they all in, you know, Brentwood, Bel Air, whatever, the West Side. Back then they called it the West Side. And my dad was like, no, nah, y'all don't get it. Like, I'm going to show y'all what I'm doing. I'm going to go to Compton. All his homies was like, man, you going to Compton? You crazy. You don't got to live over there. It's the hood over there. My dad was like, no, nah, it's a purpose. It's bigger than me. So, you know, now you fast forward to 2023, and my dad got young black men leading a movement in the community to putting Compton on the world stage. And his homies from back then is calling him now, like, Big Lou, I see what you did. I understand it. And it gets us really emotional because, like, my dad yeah. knew the risk of moving there, but he did it anyway because it was what he was called to do. And uh, we making it happen. So uh, it's a very proud thing for our family, for sure. Shout out to Big Lou. Big Shout Lou. out to Big Lou. Yeah, pop. Uh, when we come forward, our remaining moments uh, in a conversation that I wish didn't have to end. I've enjoyed this so immensely. Our guest is Randy Savvy. You're listening to Tavis Smiley. This is getting good. Tap is smiling. Continues when we come forward. Let's get back to more of this rich dialogue with Tavis Smiley. About four minutes left in conversation with Randy Savvy. I've enjoyed this immensely, talking about street country, talking about Compton Cowboys, talking about opening up uh, the Academy Awards and producing something for Beyonce and her team. Everybody saw that. Now you know who's actually behind it. I, I assume that must have... Not just that, but even prior to that's just last year. Uh, I assume that there must be uh, folk in Hollywood who contact you all. Uh, what for? Maybe perhaps training people to ride horses for movies and stuff. I mean, like, what, what? What's your connection to Hollywood beyond the Academy Awards program? Yeah, so funny enough, Hollywood is actually our bread and butter. Hollywood is the engine that keeps the Compton Cowboys going because what my whole thing was was like, in order for me to sustain this ranch and be able to feed these horses and run these programs, I gotta have some sort of like like a model that flows and brings income into the base right so hollywood like filming is our bread and butter we get Mm -hmm. paid to do all kind of cool brand ads and stuff so i've done things like train daniel kaluuya for the note movie Mm -hmm. shout out to daniel and his whole team um tons of brand ads tons of like big commercials and stuff and that's actually what helps us fund our our ranch so uh you know shout out to hollywood and we on strike right now so we hustling right right now now, it's a strike right now but uh, hopefully we get the engine get back going and get the hustle back going so we can keep feeding these horses 25 horses is a lot of work man. Yeah, that's a lot that's a lot that's a lot of hay yeah, yeah a lot of hay man <laughs> big big rig we ain't doing no small trucks we doing 18 wheelers double all right, flat all right mad at you uh let's close by talking about your book yeah man so shout out to walter thompson hernandez we actually he actually did an article on us early on in like 2018 just about uh just because he's from the area and he always he was the first kind of like re- young reporter of color at the times in the room and they asked him to do a story that represented his community and he chose our story mm. so we got a nice little lead in off the front page in the new york times and had a whole page in color in there and that actually spawned the opportunity to get a book deal and stuff so he spent like three years with us man just like chronicling our stories understanding our our passions our pains our 
our dreams and hopes and he put it all into a book he kind of chronicled the members and and gave everybody a space to express what it is they wanted to express and so that book is available now it's uh, via Harper Collins shout out to Harper Collins and William Morrow books um, great team over there and it's Compton Cowboys a new generation of cowboys in America's urban heartland um, uh, written by Walter Thompson Hernandez no congrats on that book man um, you mentioned dreams and hopes let me let me close our conversation by asking you with all that you've done and all that you are doing so what what are the dreams and hopes what 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 do you see into the future for Compton Cowboys and and the and the uh and the uh the horses and and the 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 equestrian center all the stuff you're working on what do you what do you see yeah, so Compton Cowboys, our mission is to bring humans and horses together for the greater good. Yeah. And how we manifest that is going to be in the form of like, I would love to be able to say by the end of my journey that we found a way to develop ranches in inner cities and communities around the world that needed them the most. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, right now we have our, our, our ranch in Compton, which we're still trying to fine tune our business model there. But I would love to be able to take this and be able to blueprint it and, and you know, and, and then say, hey, here's the model of how you take this to Atlanta to Philadelphia all the way yeah, up and yeah. even across the world to Africa and the islands and places that need new kind of community develop mo- development models because you know art and music and all that stuff yeah that's great but um, I think the horses and the animals have proven time and time again that they are in uh, in a way that is great for us as, as humans and they've always been there for us so I think we owe a lot to them and I think that bringing humans and horses together is what's going to be one of the major solutions to fixing a lot of the social issues we face today He's the the co-founder of Compton Cowboys. He's the king of street country. He is Randy Savvy. I've enjoyed this immensely, Randy. I knew it would be fun, but not this much fun. So thanks for coming yes, to see sir. us. And I, I'm going to I'm gonna get you get your way this weekend. Uh, yeah, let's do it. Pull up out, on the rest. Might have to throw you on the horse, man, that, get you in the saddle. You might end up coming back to work with a cowboy hat on. <laughs> <laughs> let's do that. Let's do that. I'll see you later this week. My man. Thanks for coming in. That's our program.